right, is the fact that he, uh, you know, he he wins through wit as often as brute strength. You, you never really see Gandalf do anything brute strength, but Dresden and when Gandalf's being clever, you see the, the witticisms come through and everything. And I know we're recording. It was a great segue. I wish you had recorded like a minute earlier because, I tried. you know, I know. <laughs> Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. I'm your host, Ben, plugging the Dresden <laughs> Files, a broken jars podcast thing, majigger. Uh, you know, go check out our affiliate drive through RPG. We're going to swear and spoil stuff. So it's probably not kid friendly because the Dresden Files aren't especially kid friendly. We're on part 87 of Skin Game. And I'm not sure what episode number it is anymore. This will be the final part. Chapter 3.4. Yeah, like we're not even like two thirds through the book, right? We're roughly at halfway. We're We're at halfway through this book right now. We only have to stall six, five, four more months? Four more months. Four and a half. I believe in the ability so that's nine to, episodes to not to not go on tangents in this part i believe in uh, us we started out talking about lord of the rings and the dresden Files. <laughs> we weren't we recording it out doesn't in count. the tangent <laughs> doesn't count you can think that our pre-show warm-up thing is to get tangents out of our system it doesn't work not not always. it's just it gets us yeah. warmed up for more tangents all right so do the news oh wait that's my job yeah uh was the thing they're They're doing they're doing the read-along they're on full moon now read-along plus they're doing artist focuses yeah they did fan art stuff this this past week well it's not even just fan art right they've had like the comic book artists involved and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so they're doing artist i think they called it artist focus or whatever jim-butcher.com right so um go check out the website every tuesday there's a new dresden drop as they're calling it you Mm -hmm. for those of you audio only i did the air quotes for your benefit but uh, yeah, sure I mean, that's where we get like a little snippet of, uh, you know, of peace talks. And then they're doing the art stuff, which is cool. But I mean, talk about people not being able to get into Lord of the Rings because it's boring. Like, I I like looking at the art. I don't necessarily need to know the process, you know. So anyway, go look at artists. They're awesome. Hey. Okay. We're trying to, to get into their content of this. We're starting at episode 30. And Chapter Karen, 30. thank you. It, yeah, it's, it's been 30 episodes <laughs> of us talking about the book, but it's, it's chapter 30. It's chapter 30, <laughs> part five of Skin Game. I'm not sure what episode number we're on, but whatever. Uh, Karen is getting her ass kicked by Nicodemus. Yeah. Yay. She, she got butt kicked. She got broken. Uh, including with a lecture of you shouldn't be judgy because you are not that person you don't let me tell you about judging people (laughs) and she should have asked to see his manager that's what what, that's where she went wrong so Mm, she really is that person though (laughs) yeah so nicodemus of course being holier than thou about how Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have judged him like which is not wrong Right. Yeah. As evidenced by what happened. He says things like, I was worried that you were going to keep the sword out of it for a time. And then basically she had gotten baited to bring it in and then destroyed it. Uh, and he's... during an ambiguous situation, instead of something as straightforward as Chichen Itza was. Right. Right. Which, I mean, this is, you know, granted the Denarians are in play, but they're not, at least as far as we know up to this point. 
they're not really doing Denarii things, you know. Like we we understand that the the vault break is probably some bigger part of his machination on his world-ending plan, right? But we don't know that to this point in the book. And even still, you know, taking a full spoiler, full picture view of it, we have no fucking idea what his play was other than to get a certain artifact. You know, if mm -hmm. at least one, for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to care about the other four. Otherwise, you know, either he didn't know they were all together or they're not important to his plan. You well, know? he knew enough to know that the grail and the knife would be there. I imagine he knew all five were there. I imagine he would have taken all five if he got there first. He just cares sure. about the knife the most. The grill, so the red he herring. Why did he say the, the knife? I mean, he does later. It, he, I mean, he, he does then because he knew Dresden had it. Well, because he's still expecting treachery. So why, you know, why show your whole hand? Right. Same he's way he's still doing a Kansas City shuffle. He tells them that they're there for the grail or whatever. And then really he wants the knife. So if they try to, you know, if they try to steal it from him, they're stealing the wrong artifact. If there is such a thing in this case, you know. Oh, you fools, you picked the BFG instead of the thermonuclear weapon that I was really after. Whoa, you know, I, whatever. It's at, at that power level, I mean, really, you need all five or should want all five one way or the other, you know? So it just, it's a little odd that he only ever deals with two, right? And that's, that's why I'm like, mm -hmm. there's never any indication of, until they get there that he's aware of the other three artifacts, you know? I, I buy what you're saying, EG. It's just, you know, he never brings it up in the books, right? He only focuses on those two, mm -hmm. so. Okay. So anyway. Michael opens the door and appears. Right. He, he does the Yoda thing and he just walks out there on his cane and he says, you <laughs> kids, get off my lawn. You just let them go. And Harry and Karen are like, no, you go away. You be, you be safe. We'll die instead. Right. And then he says, no, you. he's going to let you go because he's going to walk out the gate. Right. And Nicodemus uh, is wise enough to point out it has to be of his own free will, like without compulsion. This is his choice freely made. Uh, and then the sleet stops falling. Because Uriel shows up and says, <laughs> yo, bro, this is crazy. Like, you've retired, you've got this kick-ass pension plan, pretty much you just need to die of old age and, like, you're in, you mm -hmm. know? So, like, canonized as a saint, practically, you know, like, you're in, in. But if you go out there, we can't protect you. And he says, yeah, cool, I'm gonna go kick his ass anyway. I mean, wait, no, that's later, but still. Yeah. yeah. But, it, I mean, it's Michael, right? He's got the bravado. He's fucking on a cane, and he's just like, yeah, and? <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, Uriel says, if you do this, I can take no action to protect you, and this creature will be free to inflict upon you such pain as you cannot imagine. Michael smiles and says, my friend, and Uriel is rocked back slightly as if the words had struck him with a physical force, because when Michael names you friend, for an angel, it does. And then he continues, I am not the carpenter who set the standard. Hmm. And Nicodemus then taps Uriel on the shoulder and says, excuse me, this is mortal dealings. Get out. Right. That I think that's some of my favorite stuff, right? Like mm. Nicodemus is on point for all of this stuff, but he's just got such a disregard for Uriel because he knows that Uriel is literally powerless here. Doesn't he, he even flicks him in the nose, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, so you Uriel know? gets mad and then it's like the lightning thunder and stuff and he's like, you're threatening me? Fine, you strike me down in a whole bunch of righteousness just like Karen did. Right. And then he's just like, 
eh, right on Nicodemus's nose. And I didn't describe that because we're an audio podcast, but fuck you. <laughs> Everybody gets it flicked on the nose. You've seen it. You've done it to dogs. You know the utter contempt that that action brings. So, you know, especially to somebody who can unmake galaxies, actually. So, yeah. Well, since it basically summons his halo and fucking makes everyone shirk away from it. Yeah, except right. Nicodemus. He's well, the yeah, only because one. Because he's seen fans. one before. What does he care? Yeah, right. He you knows make threats or something like that. Right. When I was listening to this again, it makes me think that if we do live action anything on this show, Marster should do Nicodemus. He can do that very well. Right. I mean, that's the problem though. Marsters is all of the characters, <laughs> right? Like I wanna I wanna see him in drag as both Susan and Murphy. I wanna see him in the suit as Marcone and Nicodemus. I want him to be no, I'm just kidding. But but seriously, like any any of the dudes in a suit, like Marsters could pull that shit off. Oh yeah. So like I he could I think he's even of a height with Marcone, right? Because Marcone's a little above or he's a little below six feet, isn't he? So he's I don't like, think so. Oh, okay. He's probably I, he always struck me as like five eleven, where he's like tall enough, but he's shorter um, than Dresden, where like that should matter. But, but not everybody, but you know. <laughs> like Marsters couldn't pull off Rashid, for example, for a number of reasons. Height yeah, being the, the first height. thing that I thought, but you know, obviously he's not Arabic or you know, whatever yeah, he just paint him brown at the time. So, you know, that's just He's an no. actor that won't let him stop. No, us. we're only allowed to do blue face. Okay. We're not allowed to do any combination of brown or darker. So anyway, we're about to get in trouble. So let's Are we allowed to lighten people? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, white girls was fine, right? But if we did it the other way, like Tropic Thunder was pushing it, right? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so he makes threats, and then Uriel's like, well, I can't do anything, but... And then he walks away, and Harry is mad. He's like, why aren't you doing something? And But Uriel wins, goes over to talk to Butters, who is just waking up from being unconscious. Oh, right. yeah, he's still alive. Right. Uriel's do, meddling again. Do me a favor do and go get the thing that you know exactly what I'm talking about and where it is. <laughs> right, oh, boss? Yeah. yeah. Go be useful uh, for once. <laughs> He's a squire and he's about to get knighted. There you go. Spoilers. <laughs> That's good. I'm sorry. Have you not read this yet? Yeah, it's like I did. <laughs> I did say it's spoilers, and I'm pretty sure five years is past I mean, the statute of limitations. I, I, I so. mean, I, I used to just read them when they came out, but then it took so long, so I thought I would just like read a chapter a year. Oh boy. So anyway, <laughs> so Butters runs off, getting him out of the scene yeah. for Jacob's enjoyment. Yeah, Nicodemus kind of is going along with the bargain. He lets go of Karen and uh, Janosko lets go of Dresden. Dresden takes Karen in, inside the yard. And then Uriel does a mental discussion to Harry. He says, I need time. I need a little bit of time. And so Harry starts up an argument with Nicodemus about uh, going back on one's word and how they've just skated inside of all of their obligations. So no blood. Right. Yeah, because I mean, Nicodemus calls him out as much as Harry calls out Nicodemus, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, you tell on me, I'm going to tell on you and trust me, yours is going to be worse than mine. You know, yeah. like, I'm the boss here. And I'm my boss, whereas you, your ass is grass if Mab finds out, you know, yeah, you're like, you're right, let's go tell her. <laughs> let's see what happens. So Okay. Uh, and then Uriel comes back up to Michael stands at his right hand, uh, puts hand on Michael's shoulder and gently takes away 
his cane saying to Nicodemus, he can't stop Michael from doing it because the bargain was freely made, but he can help him do so. Right. And, and then, then Butters him. comes out with Amarachius. <gasps> and Michael kicks down his own gate. Right. I mean, when you have an airliner, you can do such things, so. Yeah. Well, when you have working legs. Also that. <laughs> I'm sure either would suffice in this case. Yeah. So, so, Nick, or so, yeah, Michael walks out and he says, I, I said I would come to you, Nicodemus, and I have come to you. I have come uh, and, to face you. Right. He does. It's in nominee day here, right? Mm -hmm. Like he starts. In nominee he starts day, Nicodemus. Latin. You killed my Shiro. Prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just, I honestly, this is one of the most epic scenes in the book yeah. for me. You know, it just like he just walks out and you're still trying to catch up with what's going on the first time. And he kicks down the gate and you're like, what? And he's like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, <laughs> I've been holding on to this grudge for a little while. <laughs> Let's make sure this happens. So yeah. so Harry hopefully laughs like the bully on The Simpsons going, ha, ha. <laughs> right. Because he's mature. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very. Harry Dresden, mature individual. Just like we're a professional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, Harry points out that it's basically an even match because there's two of them and two of the others and how about they just go at it and Nicodemus says no and he expects Harry to be back at headquarters by 4am Harry pushes it though because uh, he had it in the bargain that he gets to have someone watch his back Nicodemus right. took Karen out of commission after he won the fight so he's choosing a replacement which is Michael right which is which is great because Nicodemus basically it's like Shit, I'm gonna reference a Marvel movie you haven't seen, so never mind. But you uh, know, it's it's that's just no such problem. right. <laughs> Did you see Captain Marvel? No. You know. Okay. See, there you go. So the the scene I'm thinking of is from the end where uh, uh, Jude Law's character like shows down with you know Captain Marvel in her full glory, and he's just kind of staring at her, and he's like, "I am just so proud of you," and he tries to defuse the fight and then just walk away. Like Nicodemus is kind of doing the same thing. It's like Nick knows if he keeps pushing this, his ass is grass. So he just pivots 180 degrees and says, meet me back at the warehouse like he's in charge still. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, no, where's the ass kicking? Like Michael is here to like, he said he'd come out. And, well, let's play, you know, like you can't just take your ball and go home. And then he does. But then Dresden's like, no, you're not off the hook. I'm, I'm a bring my knight of the cross with me, you know, so. Yeah. And if he doesn't allow it, Mab will consider it a release of obligation. Right. Ha ha. But then the ass kicking kind of sort of gets mentioned in just the fact that Michael mentions Cherry is not, Charity is not going to be pleased. Right. Yeah, but when is she ever? Eh, she's gotten a lot better. I'll give right. her a yes. Significantly. Oh, yeah. She's still perpetually unpleased. <laughs> yeah. Some Until people... she gets paid later. And she's very happy. Some people are just happy to be unhappy. But whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So Harry, being bright and smart, goes to Uriel, points at Karen, says, "Fix her," and Uriel cannot. I don't know Which why Harry even expected that to work. Done even right. if there was. You know. Right. Like, I mean, you. I think he's stupid just for the sake of, you know, well, being stupid. Sometimes he's a little stupid in this scene. He's also weirdly bitchy to Uriel, like. Mean girls, thirteen-year-old girl level bitchy. 
Well, yeah, this book is all about misplaced uh, aggression and, and priorities of <laughs> characters, you may have noticed. It just stands out like a sore thumb a little bit. It's just going, oh, you're so useless. Why? Meanwhile, this is the guy who's like, yeah, let's get into a two-on-two fight with the guy who was about to squish his head open. And he probably would have died right then and there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's Dresden. He's got to push it anyway. Like, he mouths off to things that would destroy him all the time. This isn't new. I mean, at least... I, I can almost get the way he argues with Butters about taking care of the hospital or not, because he does have a fear of hospitals and being not in the carpenter house, but he's just so petty bitchy to Uriel. Right. For no reason. And he should have understood that, like, even if Uriel hadn't just given away his grace, he could not help Karen right then. She right. made her choices. Of which Dresden was just thinking about like minutes before, like she made her choice. This is the thing. We're going to die to try to save Butters. And not just that, but like Dresden fucking knows because Uriel wouldn't heal him either because of the exact same reason. You made your choice to go in that window. I can't undo that for you. Selective amnesia is the other theme of this book. Yeah, fair. Instances that happened moments before are immediately put to the side. Right. (laughs) Okay. So they put Karen on the coat. And then bitchily take her inside and put her on the couch where there's a fire because she's probably going into shock. To be fair, Butters doesn't stop being a bitch either in this scene. <laughs> At least After he's everything he just fucked up and he's still being a bitch. At right. least he's doing that in his professional category, irrelevant. you know, role. Irrelevant. It's like, I have a little bit of humility considering what you just did. Yeah, but he's the person in the right in this one. Don't care. <laughs> okay. He was in the wrong the entire first half of the book. That doesn't change anything now. In this moment, he is right, and it makes you mad. Listen, he's right in a sense. He's not right in the sense that he should be like, and I'm going to call this, that, and the other thing, and we're going to see just how. And it's like, really? You're going to keep playing this card? Like, you know some shit about shit? Like, there's no valid reason to be worried about taking her into the open away from angelic protection? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, because that's that's kind of the thing, right? The subtext is if you know we take care into the hospital, at least if nothing else, the goons can get to her, you know. Which Dresden's only worried about the entire series, you know. Like mm-hmm. always, uh, two things with him going to the hospital: one, he might short out a bunch of critical equipment, and that's usually a bad thing. And two, the monsters or the bad guy or whoever this week could get to him, you know. So yeah. I get it, but at the same time, like, this is one of those things that's like, look, unless the angel is healing her or a cleric shows up, like an actual D&D cleric, you know, we're taken to the goddamn hospital because that's all we can do, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Michael makes some comments to Harry about, you're not more angry that she's injured than if it had been anyone else because everyone can see that they're in love and he should be angrier than he is. He's just trying to deal with his emotions somehow. And also, like, she's a big girl and made her own choices, right? So he's Yeah, which getting... now he remembers. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's he's getting there. He's getting his head wrapped around the fact that, like, he brought her into the situation. She willingly accepted. And they, either of them could have been laid up like this, you know, afterwards. It's just her this time. So, mm-hmm. you know. uh, so Butter says that he needs uh, towels and blankets. And Uriel volunteers to go get them. And then he pauses and has to ask where they are. It's like, oh, you don't have your omniscience anymore. You can't just remember where they are. Right. 
right. Harry or no. See, Michael and Karen are talking about the sword being broken and how she's so sorry and it's her fault and Michael's being gentle and easy to her. <laughs> this sort of thing happens all the time. It's never happened before. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's really not your fault. It's totally your fucking fault. Yeah. But it's gonna work out anyway. You know what the because... problem is? Because Harry initially chose her and he and he fucked up around with a sword once before. So he's just choosing people that are gonna fuck around he... with swords. Well, I mean, he chose her for Chichen Itza, right? And he specifically told them only use it for this purpose. The problem is she became the sword bearers after he died because she took them. Yeah. So, like there there was no passing down. She, there's no way in any sense that she had the chain of custody to make that happen. But of course she did. She's happened. a cop and she can do what she wants. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you could squint and, and look sideways and make justifications, but there's no kind of I'm like... I'm not going to do that. No, I'm, I'm just saying one could, not you particularly, but well, one but could. at the same time, there's no there's no actual link bonding them beyond friendship, really. Like, it, in no form of fantasy is there any kind of like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're totally, like, crushing on each other, so you're naturally where the swords would go next. Like, they should have gone to Michael. They should have gone to his house, which is protected, which is where they eventually wound up, mostly. Half, half I shouldn't have gone did. to Sonia. That too. Wait, Michael was out of the fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sonia should have taken him. Fucking kill him to Uriel. I mean, Sonia got his sword from the Archangel Michael. It's not but, like that's never happened either. The, but the problem is it has to be a choice, right? So Uriel, I mean, if he took them, he's probably going to go throw it back in the lake because that's what he can do about it you know like the well, sword yes and no i mean obviously if, if the if the other archangel can hand sonya a sword then you just wait for the next person to come along to yeah, offer them the choice class. to take it up but you can the, the, an archangel could definitely be their safekeeper right that's right because michael literally gave him mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well i don't know it didn't happen so that's what we got and now here we are yeah, yeah. getting butters is checking Karen out. It's like, oh no, she's been shot like five times. It's like, oh, she's good. She was wearing a vest. And Karen Yay. breaks out of his her stupor to say, of course I was wearing a vest. Right. <laughs> Not some kind of comic book villain. Oh wait. Yeah. No, she's a comic book protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Butters kind of lists off the things that are probably wrong with her. Like she's going to keep swelling from all of the <laughs> bullet impacts. Probably ACL. (laughs) Her ACL is probably destroyed. Her shoulder is probably destroyed. And she's going to go into hypothermia if they don't get her to the hospital. And they throw down a little bit of, I'm taking care of her. No, I'm taking care of her. Mm. Yeah. Macho, macho man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then Aries backing down a little bit. And he gets super dizzy. He falls over. Michael catches him. But his left wrist that is bandaged in metal smacks Uriel in the face and then he bleeds yeah. bloody nose and like, he's surprised and that ev- it hurts right and everyone's like hold on what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of the worry just that is not supposed fight. to happen right wtf mike michael just for mike michael's entire reaction is what have you done right Take it back. I don't want it. Get it off of me. Yeah, another, another overreaction. I will, of course, do what you wish. No. 
I don't think it's an overreaction at all. Like I, I think I would absolutely react the same way. You'd be like, no, 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 no. Because first, I cannot of all, be responsible is, for that much yeah, shit. This is too much power. Also, you kind of have a job, don't you? Like, what's going on now? Like, what are you supposed to be doing? <laughs> you know, that's very, very Hanging good. Question. Out at home cooking, pancakes, <laughs> galaxies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fun. Harry's like, isn't isn't that kind of overkill like curio can't you unmake solar systems not galaxies right he had to do something but uriel's options were limited so he gives him a jumbo jet for a reading light right i I mean really it it comes down to like they kind of explain it right it he has an indivisible unit of power he could not give him 0.01 you know graces he had a grace to give him so It, it wasn't the unit of power at least the way that harry described it is that Uriel couldn't do anything to Michael, but he could change himself. But he, like, so, like, the exchange of making Uriel mortal in Michael's place to put Michael in his place, that's a equal enough exchange to do temporarily. But it, it, they didn't describe it as the units of power not being right. Well, what's funny about it, right, is, like, so we, we know it's temporary in the sense that it can be undone, but it's not necessarily temporary in the sense that, it like, it expires at noon tomorrow, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, for all intents and purposes, if Michael ran off with the grace, Michael, there's now two Archangel Michaels, <laughs> you know, like, that's that's what's going on. Like, you know, they, he gives it back, but at the same time, like, you know, that they, they've switched places. I like that that description, so... Yeah, that's how the the protective detail is like that Michael's no longer retired. So what's about the protection on his family? Uriel took his place. Uh, Yeah, they're protecting the Archangel. Mm -hmm. The former. Yeah, so if Michael... formerly known as Uriel. If Michael misuses the grace, then Uriel would fall. Uh, Which would generally be a bad idea. So... it depends on how you view bad. I mean, if you're Nicodemus, it's a great thing. Right. It would be interesting to see what would happen, though. Right. Also, well, it if, would have been interesting to, if Nicodemus knew what Michael was walking around with in the underworld and he could have. I mean, he should have been able to figure it out. It. It right. like something happened to make Michael whole, more than whole. Yeah, but right. Nick has. Nick is another one who's selectively dumb in this one. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. Like, he never calls out that he knows. the The assumption is there that he would have been able to figure it out, but they, at no point does he say, "You clever son of a bitch! You gave him your grace. How did you? You know, whatever." I mean, you would son think it would be the bitch. kind of thing I mean, he would try and manipulate. Did you just make a Rick and Morty reference in the heist book? No, he did that last time. <laughs> in this case i mean just because the words son of a bitch were uttered does i was gonna say you know rick son of a bitch has existed long before rick and morty was <laughs> right. a thing. that's what not that's not yeah. something they came up with that's right. something you came up with no it's really not yeah any anyway i'm we're gonna get on a tangent if i keep going with my thought process yeah. so no. next what happened what so uh, do Uriel we just skip to the uh kindly uh, asks Michael to not push any of the buttons or pull any of the levers in the giant jumbo jet. There you go. But, and then Michael is still unhappy. It's like an archangel of the Lord is vulnerable and this is not okay. Take it back. And when they have the discussion that Uriel thinks this is really important and that's why he's risking practically everything for it. 
And all he describes to Michael is that it's for a soul. But, oh, well. Uh, oh, why didn't it's you say fine. so? I don't know. Sometimes I think the, the balance, I mean, I kind of get Michael's value he puts on someone's soul. No, it is completely ridiculous. <laughs> there is not one soul. The unless, amount of- unless that soul is literally the, the protagonist. There's no, because they're the chosen one, there's no soul worth an archangel falling. None. Yeah, there's a the lot of potentiality, souls right? I mean, the, the whole point, the whole point of Uriel, though, is like probably in all of space and time, Michael is the one mortal he could trust with that kind of power. So, yeah, yes. it is a risk, but he knows, he literally knows in the moment that Michael will not willingly do anything to cause his grace to fall. So, it's Yes, you know, we went all in with a billion dollars, but at the same time, he knows Michael has the cards to back it up. Or I know you've got the birds. But you've got aces. Let's go. Can still lose, but it's unlikely. He's played way too much online poker. So anyway. I don't uh, think he's played any. <laughs> I have. Well, not like currently, but, um, you know, so you've got that. But then, yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of the whole play for the good guys, right? Your soul is eternal and indivisible. So, you know, if your entire life you saved exactly one soul is worth it, you know, because again, we got to talk about this from Michael's perspective in the sense that Michael is the paragon of Catholicism and stuff like that. How many times has Butcher tried to write him that way? It's come up in interviews. Fans have talked about it and everything. This is the whole game, you know, the, to them. So it isn't from our perspective, but it is in the scheme of things. And when you take a step back and realize okay, which soul is he talking about? It isn't like, oh, well, you know, if I give you my grace, we're going to save Jenny down the street, which still would probably be worth it from the good guy's perspective, just to be clear. We're trying to save Nicodemus, you know, or, you know, maybe in that moment, we could also save uh, what's-her-face for whatever reason. Her name is gone from my Deirdre? memory forever. Thank you. I Because I couldn't remember it last episode either. So Deidre or, priorities. you know, and if you want to get, really interesting i'm not sure any of the metaphysics backs this up or anything but maybe they're not even trying to save nicodemus maybe they're trying to save enduria you know how crazy would that be really yeah. stupid so priority. the metaphysics would be really weird because like they've already fallen i don't think there's a way back but in any case you know they they are trying to save the denarians that's the whole point of the of the so, the knights of the cross right it's mm-hmm. not just to counter them it's to save them so yeah that's that's the whole ball game that's that's it so yeah and then there was all the squires and whatnot yeah you mean the only people that actually sort of kind of got redeemed (laughs) well the people who were actually choosing or like having the ability to make a choice like as nicodemus points out like he can't remember not doing any of the shit that he's been doing like the idea of veering away from that doesn't make sense and yet people keep trying to save him Yep, so, you know, the what point. the fuck is heaven doing? Stupid yeah. shit. So. And we move right. on to family reunions. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone is given a, a duty to go do. Butters are taking Karen to the hospital. Uh, Harry's going to go clean up the yard and all that crap. And then Uriel is going to sit down and not do anything stupid <laughs> like running around with scissors or sticking forks in light sockets. <laughs> right. <laughs> forks and light sockets. Like, in fact, don't touch any metal just in case. So. Yeah. <laughs> Being still and safe is helpful. But try telling a two-year-old that. Right. 
right. and Michael is left alone to go talk to Charity. Funny how that worked out. <laughs> darn, <laughs> darn the luck. Oh, I'm sure it would not have gone over well if Dresden's like, hi, I'm here too. <laughs> nah, it's okay. They had their whole family stays moment, so she'd be like, yeah, mm, but that dude, was just the two seriously, of them. you know. That was the two of them after she'd had time to digest and Michael put some Archangel She has on more her. reason now to be mad at him than she did then. Why? Uh, because her husband's out of it and now all of a sudden he can walk again. Well, there's a little bit of that, but <laughs> the fact that Harry basically fucked over Molly using Molly to kill himself for years and she's still recovering from it and it led to her being a winter lady. That. Granted, she doesn't know that, but she does know that Molly was running around being the rag lady and in a terrible she? position. She knew she was the rag lady? I think so. I think that's uh, implied in Ghost Story with like uh, Murphy wanted to tell Charity and Michael something good about what's happening to Molly. They wanted her to come back home and uh, Daniel knew everything. I'm sure she, he would have told that's them. That's fair, yeah. Daniel so. is many things, but I don't think he's an arc. Well, that would also kind of include him telling on himself. So, but that he was helping good people try to protect other people. I don't know. I think no, she knows. But it's it's the kind of hypocrisy you get from those kinds of families, though, right? Like Charity you know, does know that Molly helped him suicide. Mm-hmm. Does know that much. And the mm-hmm. the downward I mean, spiral it. it took Molly on to. Yeah. She just doesn't I mean, know what then became of her as far as her new job goes. Yeah. Right. Okie dokie. All right. So <clears throat> kind of small touching moment with Harry and Karen as she's going away and she says, make the sucker punch count. And he cleans up uh, shell casings and whatnot and hates himself for a few minutes and then decides to get over it. And there's a little girl standing at the top of the stairs. Ah, shit. Can we just pretend this doesn't happen? <laughs> I'm not mentally prepared for this today. So <laughs> I, I can handle it. Okay. okay. Heartwarming things don't affect me. Right. Yeah. It explains a lot about your whole like dark side demeanor, right? Only the negative feeds your soul, but the you're immune to all the good stuff. So Yeah, well. I mean this come on, this is right up there with the the famous words from uh, changes as far as gut punches. So Mm -hmm. which ones? You know you know damn well which ones I'm talking about. You mean the 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 positive (laughs) ones where we get that stupid character out of here? Yeah, the only thing that brings warmth to your soul, apparently. Oh my god, so. I can't wait for those words when it comes to, to, to Murphy and Butters. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's the only reason I keep reading So, anyway, you know. Spite? Yes. <laughs> Hatred and spite. Okay. Uh, Maggie is standing at the top of the stairs with Mouse, and he she's desperately trying to hold on to him, even though he's way too big, and he's very gentle, as excited as he is, he's not knocking her down. To consider it. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. They tell him so all the time. <laughs> yes. They do. Uh, there's uh, some dialogue, like Maggie asking, like, are you Harry Dresden? You're really big. Because 10-year-olds aren't very good with dialogue. Well, yeah. to be fair, I mean, she's got a woolly mammoth next to her. She should have some dimensional capacity. Mm. Uh, um, Molly seems to be taking on some amount of a, a surrogate position um, with Maggie, teaching Maggie uh, who Harry is, what he does a little bit, that Mouse was given to her because Harry loves her. Uh, 
what he looks like because of a picture and giving her SplatterCon t-shirts. And he fights monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Like she knows the whole yeah, shtick. Like Draculas and stuff. But Harry's never around, and so she's worried that he's mad at her. Because the dick. <laughs> like, even for as hard as Charity says Michael works, he comes home every night, and Harry never does. Because he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of been sequestered on an island and dead before that and didn't know about her before that. So he's kind of had a full plate. Uh, he had time. He says we go through the whole thing in cold days that he had a minute. He could have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did. He could have tried, at least. Right, because that, that'll help your little girl. Hey, it's ghost me. Sorry, no, kid. No, 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 cold he's, days. He's, cold days, yeah, pleasure. when you went to pick up mouse. Oh, right, I got you, yeah. And he didn't and that, even That leave time the car. he was hiding, so. Yeah. Right, he was being a dick. And a coward, I think, is a better Well, <laughs> they're interchangeable it. at times. He probably should have tried to leave the island before skin game to, you know, go see people. Well, his head would have exploded. He couldn't. Yeah. At he, least he should have tried. I think. Yes, he, he, should he have, probably like... should have tried. But <laughs> he would have gotten halfway there and, like, his head would have exploded and then he would have cried and then he would turn around. And then Bonnie would have eaten everybody. Or at least that's what Mab tells him. So. If he had kept trying to leave the island and Mab wasn't ready for shit to go down then maybe something might have had to happen to at least give him a little bit of time. And, you know, Here's he could have made the attempt it to be a family person with all of his family in Chicago. It didn't, and he doesn't, and he isn't. And now we've got to know if that he the mentality wants to be... we're taking now? Well... It didn't well, happen on the page, therefore? We could speculate for the next 20 minutes, or we could get through another fucking chapter, I, I think like is that. the line I'm drawing. I think we can so. do more than one chapter, quite honestly. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not at all confident. Have, have we made it out of well, a single chapter? So we made it out of a single chapter. I do oh, believe we're on chapter two. So we can just skip out past the emotion. No, we need to say the words. We need to say. Oh, go ahead, say that. Want to be my daddy? Say this. It's gotta. Yes, gotta keep gotta be saying that to him, Justin. Do you want to be my daddy? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, can we not? Can we not? Make such an this beautiful, emotional, I think, a beautiful so, scene into this per- perversity. Like, no, it can be two different things because this is how Justin's going to get past this chapter. Is if we turn it into something dirty. I think it's important that not only you know when you read them and hear Marster say them, the impact is there, but the fact that like Marsters has gone on the record to say that it took him t- two hours to collect himself after recording the scene. Well, it took him two so, hours to get through it, which oh, is okay. longer than it should be because he kept like trying not to cry well, because it's like three words so you know or, so what you're saying is he would fit in very well on this podcast yeah he probably loves butters so he probably well, then, like embodies butters you know, he as much as dresden as much as i seriously like if we could get him a black wig he could be butters and dresden we'll get him stilts or something and anyway you're stalling we've ruined it so good and he's he Dresden gets choked up and says, "Yeah, kinda, you know, and whatever." I don't um, remember. Do they make plans or what's the the tail um, end of it? So they read a book. They read a book. He tucks her Where in. Where the wild things are. Right. And Harry and does not he, do the voices right. No, he doesn't. <laughs> right. He says they'll try harder next time, and she's very dubious about whether or not he's yeah. going to be able to pull that off. There yeah. was okay. a discussion. I have a monster under my bed, and it's Mouse. There was another one, but Mouse and I slayerized it. 
which Spoiler. could be true. It could be pretend, and there's no way to tell. Spoilers, it's true. So. I don't know. It could still be pretend. I'm pretty no, sure it's not pretend with the, because... Not with the Dresden. Well, not with the stuff coming up, right? Like well, we know no, that Because where she lives, and... I don't think the angels have the same problem that adult humans do where they forget creatures when they're like not... Right, like anymore. of all the places that are safe, okay. safe, it could actually be the Carpenter home. It's... Yeah, it still could be different enough, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. It could be something. It could also Didn't just be a kid playing the pretend. Carpenter because... monster Bible? Or something. What I what I'm anticipating oh, right, yeah. is like you've got these two two semi overlapping universes like you do anyway, right? The angels deal with like the big shit. Okay, the little monsters still get through, but it's not like she doesn't have her own guardians such as mouse or teddy bears and whatever. Because day one, for instance, we know that there are other guardian spirits that do protect children. So it's possible that the angels are like, okay, well, since her mortal soul's not in danger and she might just get a little bit depressed and a little bit nommed on, then they don't deal with the They shit. are playing awfully fast and loose with the notion that they know her soul's not in danger. These well, are the same stupid people that think they're going to save Nicodemus, so they're very selectively idiotic then, is what you're telling me. I'm, I'm telling you right now that there is no argument I'm going to make because you're just going to twist it around and say whatever the fuck you, you mean want with anyway, logic, so. with logic and facts? No, facts and come logic. on, dude. No. Anyway, I'm okay. saying the facts and the logic are she probably did kill the monster and Dresden in that moment is like doubt. So, but. Yeah, he doesn't know that kids have their own monstrous adventures. But at least she's safe and she's got a mouse. Um, right. And when she's asleep... He leaves and he can see that Charity and Michael are talking and Charity looks very upset as she would. Um, and he eventually has to make plans in order to be a dad because that's going to happen now after a long, way too much time. Okay. Yay. I'll There's... just take it to the zoo. She'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's that conversation between Harry and Charity when Charity says, uh, I was going to break your nose. Or I was going to hit it twice, once to bleed and once to break it. For trying to kill yourself and then using Molly to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she emphasizes that kids need their <laughs> fathers to come home safe. And he takes it as trying to bring Michael back safe. But she points out that Maggie has lost everyone she's ever loved. And she really needs Harry to come back. Also, please protect Michael. We have you now know. gone through two chapters. Hooray! Okay. Um, so they leave the Carpenter house at 3.30 a.m. and they roll up to the evil lair in a soccer mom's minivan with my kid is an honor student at bumper sticker. Which is pretty fitting for Harry's life. And Michael is refusing to wear a ski mask or even a black shirt because the Full white... Paladin. Yeah. It's, the uniform is part of the job. Right. Even though they're part of the bad guys on this one sort of maybe i mean it's just the paladin -y thing to do so <laughs> yeah. what happens next is this does he make a step at the the the, the henchman here well so a knight of the cross rolling into nicodemus oh, yeah, they, they all go they all go full panic yeah everyone's yeah. like guns and panic and nicodemus ned did not tell them that he was showing up it's like no stand down it's fine. And they are reasonably freaked out. And Binder is freaked out. It's like, you're bringing a Knight of the Cross 
to do this because Nicodemus had a fight with your girlfriend and Harry, for some reason, is going on like, she's not my girlfriend. We all know how this is going to end, Dresden. You're not fooling anybody. (laughs) (laughs) It seems so childish. It's like, why protest? Who cares if what they think is wrong? You're still going to protest. Right. Um, Harry and Michael do have a conversation about all the shit that the squires go through um, and the ways that they've been designed to kept, be kept isolated and loyal to themselves and to Nicodemus. Uh, Taking some... away the pleasures of companionship and food. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, The last step of the indoctrination for a reason. Once it's done, they no longer have a voice of their own. Some men fall from grace and some are pushed. Yeah, that's said more than once in this book, right? Uh, yeah, Uriel says it again later. There's a little bit of planning and like, okay, summon up 40 goons, put them in the trucks, everyone has a pack, and away we go. Hey. And Dresden is about to be loud and obvious Mm -hmm. in a non-magic way, which was very good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Gray does come in with the manacles and they put both of them on the one hand on Harry because the other one is broken. And Michael gets to watch Harry just like seem normal and then be shrunken and in pain. Right. Which, so again, these are steel, right? So Mm -hmm. they are suppressing the winter mantle and yet he is very able-bodied here just Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are drying that perfectly for all these speculators out there. And it's specifically mentioned that he's like, he's preparing mentally, putting up walls in his head. He knows he's going to be in pain. He but, uses all the stuff he learned from Lashiel, but yeah. he's not paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the important thing. He's not a wizard in the moment, and he is not the Winter Knight because he his magical abilities are all suppressed, including the mantle. And he well, can still fair, run around the, and do shit. The iron removes the mantle, right? The powers of the mantle. He still has magic. He can still call up magic, but it will be no, stopped. No, that's the point of the thorn You can manacles. call up magic with the manacles on. Nope. They it, just bite in and just, stop you. Yes, yeah, he's done it before. They, yeah, was, dude, but you can't affect anything is the point. No, no, but, it but breaks your magic. concentration. So yes, he can reach out for magic and then the manacles react and stab him. Yeah, but, so he has magic. Okay. I think I we're mean, splitting a very fine hair here. I don't think you're talking he, about the same things at all. In what he is and what he can do. The important thing is he's not using any magic and he doesn't have the mantle at all whatsoever. And yet he can walk, he is conscious and he is talking, think critically and all sorts of shit. So either he healed or the... The The mantle itself is not responsible for his healing. Or at least his ability to walk. Yeah. The bargain was before I do this, you restore my body to health which she did that doesn't mean it has to stay in health if he breaks the bargain or goes back on his word with her she can instant cripple him too. so saying fuck winter law breaks the so beam. taking away the mantle means that he should be able so. to walk unless she goes back on the bargain because he breaks a word just like the winter law in cold days right it has nothing to do with iron if, if he gets his normal like shot with a nail gun it's he can still walk if he specifically goes back on the bargain He's fucked. No more legs. Well, and she, we've already seen from what, like small favor that she has that kind of power over him anyway, right? That 
yeah, well, they have the deal in place. Plus, now she's he's the knight, so he's she's got him twice over. Right, because I mean, Leah healed his like the cut on his head at one point, right? And so theoretically, she's got that was in grave peril. That was before the bargain was sold to Mab. Right. Well, there there, I think there was something else where Mab did it too, where basically like he's like she has my number. Was that grave peril? I'm thinking of then, or. Because he says yeah. those lines, and Mab that, does, that's I mean, Leah with the yeah, healing. Mab that, does that's thing Leah where, telling him gotcha. where his ears start bleeding, but that probably would have happened to anyone. Well, that like, yeah, that's because uh, how angry she, she was, was so, yeah. in her voice mm-hmm. uh, because of Maeve and whatnot. But well, she took his memories. I mean, there's that. That too. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the the point basically being is that she she's got full control over him. So if she if he broke the mantle, whether it was part of the bargain or not, she could probably just paralyze him for being even. And for having been the knight, you know, because yeah, she can the render him can attack the knight back to the state that he was when they first struck it. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, they arrive at the building that they are going to burgle. Yes. And surprise! Surprise! Michael is going to break down the door, and he has to remind himself that it is part of a criminal overlord's evil empire something or other he's evil i can do this because i'm a good guy (laughs) it's fine it's fine and then they break into the nakatomi plaza so come on doesn't look very wrong (laughs) it's a building (laughs) harry asks gray a question of why take money for something like this you can get it any way you want and gray says no mystery but i'm going to say something mysterious because everyone has to pay capital r rent right Somebody has, everybody has to pay rent. the rent. Yeah, which the I mean, the second time through, I I didn't realize he started talking about it so early, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like I I had only remembered at the tail end when he asked him again, but in this case, he he actually even says like it sounded like he had a capital R in there somewhere. Because I, say, I thought he said it once before this too. I don't think so. Whatever it is, I think this is the first time I'm paying the rent. Yeah. Right. Uh, do yeah. Harry is the king of loud and obvious. Sets off fireworks and bunch of like smoke and bright lights, and the sprinklers start going, which they didn't the, want, but he did. Right, and doesn't the guard get the silent alarm off anyway? So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then everybody starts freaking out that oh my god the cops are coming and that's like you guys are all tards because this is Marcone's <laughs> place so he's probably got his own people coming yeah so uh, which is Harry, worse than the cops <laughs> so Harry tells I, Gray I, I, I gotta, I gotta say I like Binder in the first book he was in but like in this book he's like he just rose to like top five favorite character right well so, he's just I mean he's a weasel right but at the same time like here it gives him a chance to shine because. He's a professional, but he's thinking about like where all the ways this is going to go. And, you know, his whole thing with like um, the bringing the night, like I was going to mention this earlier, but like the reason why he's pissed off that Michael's there and he sees right through it is because what's rule number one? Keep Mm. it professional. Keep your personal shit out of it. And he knows goddamn well by having a night of the cross here that we have crossed that that personal barrier. So, you know, but then you see him be smart here too, right? Like Mm. he's He's a weasel, but you're seeing the cunning side of it, you know, where he's thinking about where this shit's going to go wrong and how best to counter it. So yeah. Earlier, when Harry points out that the uh, 
Marcone is savvy and is probably going to have a lot of fortifications meant for magic users. Binder points out, yeah, he probably has the circuits that are too fragile and this is going to happen and we need the thorn manacles. And he's very cleverly laying out all the reasons of what they should do. And in here, he's like, if Marcone is as savvy as you say he is, they're going to start doing circle traps and I need to be careful. Like he's very clever throughout everything. He's the criminal master person, so I better listen to what he says. It, it's also happened to him once before, right? So I'm not even sure. Did he did he realize the the whole circle trap was a thing before Harry and Molly did it to him? You know. So, but but it's also it gave us somebody else who knows the magical shit that isn't just Harry explaining everything. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of points where that happens in the book. Like I tried to be conscious of those tropes, right? Whereas like there are plenty of times where it's like Hannah is able to make the explanation or even Anna Valmont can tell you a little bit that she knows, you know, uh, from what she's been introduced to. And you don't just have Harry being like, okay, listen up knuckleheads, I'm the wizard. So I've got to explain everything to you. You know, you have these other characters that are actually intelligent, plugged into the world, able to explain and think about these things. And Binder's made it as far as he is because he's a clever little worm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knows when to rabbit and he knows when to stand his ground. And at this point, he's got to be conscientious because his entire job is to keep the way open, basically, to make sure that they can get back out mm-hmm. and to be the distraction, you know, so. Yeah. So uh, Hannah Asher is not very happy about the idea of having a sprinklers going because how is she going to keep uh, the circle intact for her doing her fire spell without bringing the whole building down? And Deirdre does her little squeegee blade thing that like definitely freaked me out. <laughs> uh, that much metal danger right happening there. It's, yeah, whatever. But Hannah uh, goes through the one door or wall, makes a door and then goes on to do the other one. And uh, do, do, do a little bit of dialogue with Valmont. Uh, when they get through the first, the second wall, Gray goes in front and he gets a whole bunch of bullets in him. Right. Because there's a couple of dudes inside, right? That yeah. are hunkered down. So Yeah. And Deirdre goes through the opening and then I think kills one guy of Marcones, which right. is why they give Wear Guild at the end. Right. All right. Uh, Gray whines a little bit of how much all the bullets hurt, but he's perfectly fine. And one of them hit his heart but he'll be fine in a minute. Right. He's that impressive. Yeah, that resilient. So Yeah. Resilient. That's a good word. Forgot that one. <laughs> and Binder goes on like, Ash, don't forget to fill my pack. Yes, yes, the red ones. My God, the red ones. Right. Okay. And then but, they get to the vault in Valmont Freaks, or is there um, something intervening? So they're going, Michael and Valmont and Nicodemus are going in towards the, the vault, and oh, Harry's right. talking to Binder. Binder's like, this stinks all to hell. Harry says, maybe it's just the furball because he's creepy. And what does a Genosco want with jewels anyway? Right. Um, Asher and Binder talking, like, should they leave? But what is Uncle Binder's rule number two? I don't remember. <laughs> eyes on the money. Right, there you go. No entanglements, eyes on the money and stay professional. Get paid and get gone. I mean, we know Harry's money. right about, you know, the Genoa salami later, but... No, he got paid by a Bigfoot with a diamond. It's not like they have no concept of precious stones. Well, I think the idea is that it doesn't mean anything to them, which is part of why they're okay using it as payment for other people. You know, like 
And it is Binder who asks the question, not Harry. But Harry kind of leans on the suspicion of, yeah, you're right. That is weird. Right. I also find it odd that Binder didn't want emeralds because emeralds are the most valuable of the three. But, but he likes the red ones. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It doesn't I would think a professional would just want the biggest value, not the well, emotional exactly. attachment to the red ones. Well, that's Binder is, Belmont goes after the diamonds he's a, for he's, that reason. He's, he's very unprofessional. He's, he's, he's still a human. No, my, boy, my boy Binder's flawed. Yeah, it is sad. Oh, well. All right. Harry's basically offering Binder, like, what if uh, I, I could get you, you know, on my side of this deal? It's like, okay, for cash? No. That, well, then, uh, no, no, no deal. He's going to stick with Nicodemus. You really and... think he'd learn to negotiate better at some Like, he has absolutely nothing to offer. I'm right. A guy who only cares about material wealth. Considering Molly's bank account is as large as it is, why can't Harry have a whole bunch of money? From math. Because that'd be too easy. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want the in-story yeah. reason Literally, or do you want the exactly, real reason? Exactly. Yeah. The the real reason is it's the same reason why Harry can't have a cell phone because that would make it too it's easy. It's the same reason he'll maybe get to use a couple of the diamonds to buy himself some new equipment, but the majority of that is going to get shunted off. No, somewhere. dude. It's worded Jim. He has $2 million, okay? Yeah. He's buy going to buy a castle in the sky. Now. He'll no. <laughs> get maybe a little bit of upgraded equipment, but the majority of that is going to get lost or squant or somehow is going to have to save him in an over the top way that it's like, well, I didn't need to give you all these, but here it would. No, he, stop what's going to happen is Karen spent, you know, a couple of weeks or months in the hospital and he covered her medical bills. So that's $1.8 million right there because yeah, the American right. medical system. So that's no, where no, all the money went. He's going to have like still her, her cop health care or whatever that she'll be able, she'll be fine. Right. So even though she's no longer a cop, she gets good. I don't know how it works. I don't care. Well, then you're failing me. What? How is she able to do all the We'll find out. Do? I just assume she has her cop. <laughs> <laughs> I got it in every episode. What? Peace talks. Everything happens in peace talks. Yeah. Yeah, not that. If Murphy's in peace talks, I'm going to be upset. I don't care if it's only for one. Of chapter. course, she's in peace upset. talks. She's got. No. She's like, of course she is. She's got to show up and she's got to tell uh, what's um, Rick crap. Not not Tilly? even just Rick Tilly. Thank Tilly. you. Tilly. I almost I almost said Denton. I'm like, nope, he didn't nope. make it. So yeah, <laughs> I think this is the. She's got to show up and tell the FBI how to do Listen, their job. Come on. Now. There's a reason Deadbeat is one of the greatest books, <gasps> and it has because Murphy's not in it. <laughs> No, it's, is it's this, even better. Oh, man. Is Karen's this not the gonna... first book that uh, Thomas is not in? For, like, since he got introduced? I guess. Uh, well, he, I mean, if you, if you count, up... I mean, yes, he shows up at the very end of Ghost Story. for like. A yeah, second. he shows up in Ghost Story. He's well, he's, he's even barely in, you know, um, Turncoat, even though he's kind of like important shit happens to him. Mm -hmm. It's all off screen, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think I, this is the first book since he's, you know, hey, I'm your brother that he's not in. Yeah, because he's in Proven Guilty. He's in, I think he's in every book since. He's in White Knight, obviously. It's white court mm -hmm. shit. And he's saved the people. He's in doesn't he paper. show up? Doesn't he show up to get him off the island? Or when? Well, this how does man. how does Harry get off the island? Was it just Mab's boat? Or... Yeah, yeah. Mab's boat. Uh, okay. Yeah, Mab. And okay. a bunch of Fay people trying to dress up as sailors and because it's, outrageous it's, costumes. Yeah, it's cold days where he gets told to be someplace and then whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is okay. this is the only book he's not in. 
right? Yeah. And that, which is why he's going to be such a central figure in the next one. Okay, so are we? So, do gonna... you hate Thomas too, or what? No, I like Thomas. He hates everybody. <laughs> who would, who would hate at Thomas? Thomas is delightful. Thomas loads, is fabulous. Loads of people hate Thomas. Well, because... loads of people are sexist. I mean, I was thinking the whole glittery vampire nonsense, but okay. He's not glittery. <laughs> Might he just well has be. a very sparkling personality. Yeah. So are we going to do the vault or are we just going to end uh, here? Or what are we, what let's are see. We well, we're right near a chapter ending, so I'll just call it there. Uh, Binder and Harry are talking about um, the silent alarm has gone off. It's been going off for about eight minutes, but there are no cops. The silent alarm was not meant to go to the cops. It was meant to go to probably dead Vikings. Because cops got better things to do than get killed. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Asher and Harry have a little bit of conversation. Asher had made a move on Binder and Binder rejected her. And even though she's gorgeous, that must not feel good for her self-esteem. Right. Mm. So Harry kind of explains, well, you're, you just have a high twitch factor. You're too attractive and too good. So you're going to eat me. Also doesn't speak right. much for Lashiel either. She couldn't fucking seduce Binder. Right. Well, Binder's got a strong survival instinct. So. Yeah, he must have had that we already covered. Of... We already covered the fact that he doesn't go after diamonds because he likes the red ones. It's probably no, the no, same no. thing with Emerald. women. It's like, you're too you're too pretty, you know, so there's something wrong here. He needs somebody a little bit more plain who's not going to one day wake up and just decide to stab him and steal all his red ones. So his so. internal Jiminy Cricket's not like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh, it probably is, but he's a professional. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only one of any of us is a professional. Uh, uh, Harry he makes a comment. He into a handkerchief because he's professional. <laughs> Harry makes a comment that uh, he hasn't gotten with Murphy either. And Asher's like, wait, you're serious, aren't you? It's like, but it's, you're not that complicated. No, it's just, we're a little complicated. She's had divorces. Her ex-boyfriend shot me, even though I asked him to. And he's just uh, revealing all of his craziness. And Asher is thankful for the bullet dodged. Right. Really dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah. But she says, it. it is that simple. You had a chance for that and you turned it down. You're an idiot. I'm not making the same mistake. And coins. Yeah. Uh, Michael shows up. Nicodemus is about to kill Anna Valmont. So Harry and Michael go off to do the vault stuff. And that brings us to the beginning of chapter 35. Yay, we made it through three chapters. Woo! <laughs> well, four. We're okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right. What, there's like 18 left or something? Something like. So like six more episodes? Yeah, all right. We This will take us most of the way to Peace Talks, so... We're getting it done in two episodes or less, and I don't care what any of you say. Unless you're going to do some kind of coup, like I don't see how that's going to. I happen. can do it. <laughs> I believe that you could do it, but could you I'm do gonna it with us? Up, yeah. Right? yeah, you have to drag us along. Right. There are ways. There are ways. All right, I'd like to see this deviousness. I mean, we no. could just go long. We could. I got nothing to do. I got things to do today, at least. Right. No one cares. I thought people care about Super Bowl. Wait, that's tomorrow. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah, so so we have to be done before then. No. <laughs> I I really can't go long today either. But uh, okay, but I don't know. Maybe next time we can talk about that. But plug our shit. This is the Dresden Files podcast, Perfect. a podcast about the Dresden Files, and we're part of the Broken Jars Network. 
And in the description, wherever you find our stuff, you should click on the link for Drive Through RPG because they'll give us stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we. Oh, no, no, you have the, to buy something. You click on the link and then whatever. you buy something, and we get like three cents. Money can be exchanged for goods and services. Help Send us, us some help jars you. since we refuse to fix these. Right? <laughs> uh, we don't want to be the stack of good jars network. That would just be, it's not as. As long as they don't even... have the word Mason on them. No, we can we can get those little jars, um, and they'll just write like a plague on them, so it'll be like Mother Summer's uh, shelf. They can sell those. Like, oh, I'm buying, you know, smallpox in a jar. <laughs> Luckily, we're all immune to that. Hopefully, so Not anyway. anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good uh, idea. Let's well, see. No. We should put you in charge of our Patreon. Yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs>